Okay, so hey there, welcome to Miancast. Miancast is a place where friends of mine dream get together and ramble about whatever that comes to their minds. So stick around and learn more about what each and every single host has to offer. So hey there, my name is Izati, but most of you know me as King Online. I'm 19 and I'm a student currently taking a diploma in public relations and entertainment management. I'm also the returning host for this Miancast session, aka the second episode of this podcast, and also your beloved Ako Uchi, admin and server owner. Basically, regarding the topic at hand, me, my beloved co-host and also our special guests are going to talk about autism and everything that comes with it. For me, I'm actually diagnosed with autism and I also have ADHD. <laughs> yes, the full package. So well then, my beloved co-host, do introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, my name is Kyo and I'm 16, turning 17 this year. I'm currently studying school for SPM as my age suggests autism is just the icing to the cake for all my many many health issues i have right now mentally and physically and nice to meet you i guess thank you my beloved co-host kyo yes about our guests so our co-host kyo noticed that our beloved and esteemed guest has been talking a lot about her experiences as an early intervention teacher who is supposed to help children with special needs and yes they are twitter mutuals that's right she's also a cosplayer and writes well-written theories about her interests, which is a very popular game known for its credible story, which heavily references real-life issues and global matters. And also its character design, which is our night. So, hi! Welcome, Borling! How are you? Hi! Thanks for inviting me here. It's a pleasure. Mm. So, Ling, okay. can you introduce yourself to our lovely audience live and also to our wonderful listeners on YouTube and Spotify? Okay, yeah. Hi, I'm... I'm Ling. Yeah, I'm an early intervention teacher who teaches children with, with special needs. I want to do this is also like due to my own childhood. Yeah, I had a suspected autism diagnosis when I was two years old. But because I had like two years of speech therapy, then afterwards I started to speak. And then afterwards there was like no follow up. But only like later on, maybe in secondary school. Yeah, my parents just kind of tell me like, my whole past uh, due to like some problems I've been facing in school. Yeah. Oh, I but see. But then I think I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. La. But it's just also, I guess it's important la, to think like, you know, know yourself and love yourself so that you can also love others. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. And, and yeah, nice to meet all of you. Hello. Thank you so much for the introduction, Ling. And yeah, I do agree because it doesn't really... Okay, it does matter about when you're diagnosed and how you came to find your diagnosis. And I think that it's important, especially for me, because I had like a better grasp on myself and also my identity. Yeah, okay, so I'll start with myself then. I was um, diagnosed with autism when I was in Form 5, aka when I was 17. I had to take an exam, which is called SPM. And of course, you need to have like a lot of preparations for our biggest and final exam. During those very hard months, I faced actually a lot of problems regarding my mental health and also physical health. So one day I just thought to myself, hey, why not go find out about like what's wrong with me? Uh, is there anything for me to like work myself on? So I went to the local clinic, which is called KKM Clinic Seattle Malaysia, and I talk to the doctor about what I'm facing. Basically, I was like under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and I had just like a lot of problems. So then the doctor told me that I should take this test called the DESH test, which is, stands for Depression, Anxiety, something SS, sorry, something something test. So the test consists of like questions for you to think about about yourself. I remember that the questions were mostly about how you felt and how were you able to cope with your emotions and your productivity. I did answer the test 
and it turns out that I had I I was suspected of having um severe depression and also anxiety. After taking the test, I got an offer letter to go to HKL, which is our government's hospital in Kuala Lumpur, and I went for a diag not say a diagnosis for autism specifically. I just went in and met the psychiatrist and also the psychologist, and they diagnosed me with psychosis uh, along with depression and anxiety and also they suspected that I had autism but they weren't so sure. A few months later I went to the doctors and they said after discussing with their whole team and all that they diagnosed me with autism, ADHD and also schizophrenia so that's how I found out. At first I felt really surprise honestly because people wouldn't say that i'm the very textbook definition of autism but i learned learned about how this really existed in me since i was born and sooner or later i cope well and i understood more about myself so that's how it is for me how about you kyo and ling would you like to share your experiences so who goes first i do remember and you know <laughs> like was it in your early childhood or was it like later like around your teens I do have a diagnosis for like what I call that dyscalculia and like the thing about autism is that it usually coexists with other with like learning disabilities of this of that of this of that so there's that I can't really go in detail for anything else I see I see but let's see what were the symptoms or like the characteristics do you do you like see yourself which led to you knowing that you were autistic have you seen me punching my nose out of nowhere there you go I see I see so basically stimming Am I correct? Mm -hmm. So Ling, would you like to tell the audience what does stimming mean and what's the function of stimming? Okay, yeah, it's for like stimming are like from the outside it just looks like stereotypical repetitive actions but it's quite important for like regulation of like various senses of the body which i think a lot of people take for granted for example like some people don't really do like imbalance then they will just shake and flap a lot nah. so that's why like some people tip toes and things like that see see that's so well you'll be too much terminology okay other examples is like uh so you, you want to do something that keeps you awake and like be here if not you'll be drifting off so some people have other more social uh, other ways of like or oh, eating something drinking something or some people even even resort to substance abuse yeah so it's similar it's just ways of hoping to get stimulation yeah that's what it is to me oh i see see that's really nice explanation i hope the audience is able to understand more about stimming then that's why it can't be taken away or mm, i see i see and correct me if i'm wrong but like it's more it helps us with like channeling our inner energy outside especially it's used more to like express emotions as well am i correct yeah so like because also if, if you can see also some people when they have their nervous habits they start walking around pacing or shaking their leg yeah, even neurotypical people do that that's maybe you know to a lesser extent yeah, so even all these small actions are it's similar that's interesting on to the next thing Ling, would you like to tell us more about the Autism Acceptance Month and also how it's slightly able to help us in terms of um, moving from awareness to acceptance? Yeah, it's important to know that it's acceptance already uh, because like I think the awareness is already there, it's already existing thanks to like more, more research. Like the news has been talking of course been talking about autism and all. It does it still shows that the attitude and the acceptance isn't really there. There's a lot of statistics to show and a lot of cases to see. So last time it was awareness, wasn't much awareness. And it have to move on to acceptance. And then this is what we, we hope to work towards uh, because also certainly we'll want to talk about society being more inclusive. Yeah, I agree with you because it's time that we move on from awareness to acceptance because yes, like what you said, we've seen in the news, in social media, in everywhere, in new media or traditional media about autism itself. But it's time for people to learn how to accept and know that we're just there. <laughs> and it's not more to like accommodate us, but it's more to like, oh, if we're 
able to understand you as a new typical people why not you should like take initiative and also understand us neurodivergent people regardless of like you know age gender religion nationality and all that before we delve deeper into this topic ling and kyo would you like to talk about how you met each other in social media Sorry, a long story. <laughs> uh, just a brief story. <laughs> and perhaps how said interest is able to be correlated to autism as well. So I think it started because like when I, when King started to post about Arknights in the game channel, I was like, no, I'm not gonna play this game. Then eventually I started to play the game anyway. So I went on Twitter, went around for Arknights account. So I found links, links, theories lah. Then I skip a few months. Then an Arknights loves you happened. Then Sesame, this link is the one behind Sesa. So that's that. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so from like, like role-playing, then afterwards we also start to follow each other on our main account lah. And also start, uh, start talking to. And then, uh, yeah, I think also, as mentioned before, Up Next is a very, a very unique game that has a lot of real-life references. Which I think is very nice because like, what, even though it's like fictional, you also and relate it back to reality. And then one of my interests since childhood is to thus speed up random general knowledge. Yeah, so last time in my childhood, it was just encyclopedias. Nowadays, it's so good when you have the internet. You can search up anything, anytime, really quickly. Yeah, so true, so true. I agree with you. So about Agnice, is it it's your special interest, correct? I would think so, lah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because okay. like I've been playing the game for a very long time. Yeah, multiple servers. And would be my main fandom out of my other fandom. So would you like to explain to the audience what that special interest mean and why is it very prevalent in people with autism? Okay, yeah, so special interest is like like it's like something where yeah, you're really interested in and then you can go on it for a very, very long time. You can't stop thinking about it and it may be disruptive to some like I mean if you have to do other things in your life uh, or it actually depends from person to person. Uh, so sometimes I really have to <laughs> like have to for example like I, I yeah, I have to stop myself from staying up too late because I need to work the next morning. So so like there is something to hope, especially like when people with autism can face a lot of stress and anxiety from real life commitment the special interest is really there mm-hmm. for coping like something comfortable something I always go back to mm-hmm. so yeah I also agree on that because like it's very important for like two people with autism and it feels like it also be able to become a part of their identity and yeah I agree that it can be very lifelong and it's able to affect work or college or any life commitments because sometimes when let's just say uh, someone with autism is very into something and I think the most perf- no, most relatable analogy will be like tunnel vision your way to your favorite thing and you can't really po- focus on pay attention to like any other things be it like your surroundings or maybe your basic needs as well like the most common thing that has happened to me is like forgetting to eat or like forgetting to drink or maybe even like forgetting to like take breaks so yeah that's how it's able to like affect autistic people as well besides that it's also like i mean source of joy or as what Ling said a way to cope from real life commitments and another term for it is like autistic area of expertise it's often focused on like the mechanics the lore the details or like their special interests or like a subject and people will like often keep trying to find as much information about it as possible and it may also become the only thing you're interested in again it doesn't necessarily consume your every living moment this term is like Exclusive to people with autism. How about you, Kyo? What's huh? your special interest? I can't really say what exactly it is. Because like, if you want to say it's A, but I, I don't think it's A, but if you want to say it's B, but I don't think it's B. So, so let's like, just leave this question blank. So I guess it's really detailed and complex. Lah. <laughs> so Kyo, do you want to talk about the stigma against the neurodivergent community in Malaysia and how autism is treated? or look upon in Malaysia. Uh, like maybe we're able to like compare like our Malaysian experience with Ling, who's also in Singapore. So like, okay. I can only say this from what I've seen. 
what I've seen, what I've heard, like some I've experienced them by myself, but I can't really see all of it that I, I think is as in experienced by myself. So first we have like the anak sugar stereotype. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the anak sugar stereotype is the fact that most of the time it's like your textbook definition of autism, young boys and who are usually like the type where like you're slow at school and all that. But if like they don't fit into that particular stereotype, the anak sugar stereotype, but they do have autism, people will somehow find go out of their own way to say, oh no, you're possessed. Some ghost possessed you. Like what 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 is wrong with you? Like why what, what huh? I I don't understand. Okay. Talk about double standards. Right. And there's actually a question in Stage VC Text by Ran. She she asked, what is anak sugar stereotype? Uh, it's basically what Kiyo said, where young boys who are diagnosed with autism and they might be slow in school and their special interests are, people will always think that their special interests are like dinosaurs, cars. all about trains. Cars. Yeah, and cars as well. Mm-mm. So how about you, Ling? Are there like uh, any stigmas or experiences or stereotypes uh, specifically in Singapore we you like to share to the audience? Mm, I think I, I'll just speak uh, more for maybe like the children because yeah, the age group I'm teaching are uh, children. Uh, I think like most, prob- most probably what you will see is people not being understanding when when there's a meltdown uh, for example especially like let's say the child is having a meltdown then the parents are like being judged and then nobody goes to help them that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, like yeah in singapore we still run like a lot of special schools uh, yeah. uh-huh. and, and then yeah yeah still yeah still running on special schools although recently that's called compulsory education and like even even among the special schools, there's also like court rankings just just due to the profile of the child and all. For example, right, like there's this one special school for autism that everybody wants to go to because they'll take the national exams. It's because like it's only one certain profile. Like if there's a, they have a certain IQ score, then they can take. Then everyone wants to like go there, and then they wouldn't even consider the other special schools. Well, also it's good under the same organization that they, they serve a different group of clients so it's like the parents have to realize that the national exam is not for all people yeah and then they have to also know that even if the other schools provide things like vocational training it's still a valid way to live la. like everyone has a chance to live and their own way to live yeah true, so true. that's one thing la, i can think about right now I see. Thank you so much for sharing that experience. And yeah, I agree. It's like, mm, why would it be compulsory? And why would like people force like other children or other teenagers to like follow the textbook way or like the normal path of like education? Where else there's like really other options such as like vocational school and all that? It's it's valid. It's still a valid way to learn and a valid way to like get your knowledge from hmm. for me like i guess the experience or stigma which is very prevalent in malaysia is that when a malaysian speaks about autism or whenever anyone mentions about autism they'll immediately think of like children and not how it can be found i mean it can be found in adults or teenagers as well it's like Whenever someone says autism, it's like, oh, it's probably a kid who's into cars or like dinosaurs or like trains and it's probably very slow at school, which is also related to the term anak shurga, which Kyo mentioned about, but they never fail to consider Mm. that, oh, autism doesn't stop there. It's not a mental illness, okay? It's a neurological disorder. It's a development developmental disability it's not a mental illness at all and autism never stops at a certain age it's like when you have autism you'll forever have autism and of course the characteristics of an autistic person differ from one person to another like for example i guess the nearest example would be me 
as I'm an extrovert and I don't really mind eye contact with people. But there are some characteristics of like um autistic people that I have and which are more well known. Like for example, I can't really stand loud noises. I can't really stand bright lights. And I'm really I'm very hypersensitive to touch as well. So yeah, people shouldn't judge someone based on their appearances and personality. And I feel like that's one of the main stigma in Malaysia. <laughs> Moving on, I feel like this is a good time for us to talk about how autism is able to relate with other learning disabilities, especially with Kyo. As Kyo has dyscalculia, would you like to explain to the audience about that? So, like, the thing is, a very good chance if you have autism, you're gonna have things like ADHD, like how King has ADHD, or if you're gonna have like dyslexia, dyscalculia, dyspraxia, or whatever other the things that are out there. And it's like it's not like you it, you you really can't help it. Like for example, for dyscalculia, you really maths is like really something that you cannot even do. Like you look look at the numbers, so like huh. There's also a main problem about this too. Is like sometimes when you diagnose one. The other one, the other one is sometimes overlooked. So yeah. I see, I see. Ling, would you like to elaborate more about this, perhaps? Mm. Yeah, I think like, and also, yeah, one more thing to just say is like, I think it's also like the, how disability is seen also, because like, somehow the idea of like comorbid disabilities, which is like more than one, is like so difficult for people to grab. Like oh you have like you have one you can't have an and can't have another one but unfortunately I mean like it's more like it's just a probability people can have multiple disabilities because things does happen it exists and oh. I mean all this yeah so I mean the yeah the learning disabilities also do come with like <clears throat> difficulties in understanding some things also like I mean yeah like. There's so many types of learning disabilities. There's dyslexia, dyscalculia. Yeah, and there's also how everyone is different. So autism presents differently, and then also yeah, it's possible to have multiple conditions. Uh. Like even if it's not other neurological conditions, one can also have another problem somewhere else. Mm, true, true, I then it's, yeah, it's just that, yeah, it's really just humans are made like this. And there's just so much variety, so much diversity that people are just not seeing and accepting. Yeah. So for exactly. example, right, mm-hmm. yeah, for example, for myself, I had no hearing in my left ear until I was seven. It was because uh, the bones in my ear were too small and not co- connected. So luckily, it was conductive hearing loss, and then it was, then oh, okay, and then in Singapore we have like the vision and hearing test at seven uh, so I got flagged uh, and then had an operation to align those bones back and expand my ear canal. Then yeah, I managed to get my hearing in my left ear back. Yeah, I mean yeah. So these are like other disabilities uh, but it's just to go to show that many types of people and yeah, and how we present. Yeah. True. Plus, it's also known as a, like a spectrum. And of course, like what Ling said, it presents differently in everyone, and it's experienced by all genders as well. And all, of course, when a norm, okay, when I wouldn't say uneducated, but when someone who doesn't know much about autism, they may think about the spectrum like. Oh, there's less autism and also there's more autism. But actually viewing the autism spectrum like this is inaccurate because autism, like for example, as I've said, people connect autism with being nonverbal, especially in children. But that is just one trait that can exist in a spectrum or I would like to say in a person's autism soup. And just like many ingredients in a soup, there's many different traits and amounts of each and each individual. Like, for example, those traits could be repetition, being nonverbal, or constant eye contact. There's also selective mutism and sensory differences, routines, body movements, and like what we've discussed about just now, special interests. 
like one person may be able to love routines, but the other person may not. So yeah, everyone has different autism traits, but no one has more autism than anyone else with autism. So yeah, autism is soup. <laughs> okay, moving on. Mm, Ling, would you like to talk about how neurotypical people are able to help people who are neurodivergent and how we're able to understand each other? Like how people with autism try to understand people without autism and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. so for that, right? Yeah, there's also, I mean, like communication has many different types. Lah. So other than verbal communication, there's also non-verbal communication. So, like, if someone's having difficulty with verbal communication, you you might opt to use things like text. Or, like, for example, for my student, like, I, I, will, I will use pictures instead. So, those can be more, more easily understood. Or sometimes you just have to, like, get to their level, ask, ask a bit more questions, just be with them. Yeah, and, yeah, be at their level, listen, yeah, listen to them, be with them to understand them. La. It takes a lot of patience, but it's worth it in the end. La. Yeah, although it can be more difficult. Ah, uh, I yeah. see. Also, someone and in there... Sure everyone... Mm-hmm. Sorry? Uh, yeah, I'm sure... Yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm sure everyone wants to be listened to, la, even though, like, sometimes you can't communicate too, too well. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. Also, someone in the chat asked, uh, it's from Macaron, I guess it's more accurate to say that some have more or less extreme symptoms of autism, or is it still not right to say it that way? What do you think about that, guys? Yes, I think it's okay. Like for example, if, okay, since I work in early intervention and we actually have to classify, but that is for the purpose for getting for getting services, so that the services can help people who have autism and are neurodivergent. So like, uh, but it's not of course like, we are not going to use functioning labels anymore, like high and low functioning. Last time it's being used. Instead, it's like you, maybe you just have to, I mean, it's more of a phrasing. Lah. So like, for example, we'll say high support, low support, which is like, it is true that those who, or like, like or rate according to their coping, their coping skills. So it is true that those with lower coping skills will need higher support and more intensive intervention. Yeah. So classification is good. But I said that when you bring it outside, outside of the research and to society, then it starts to become like like a ranking and discrimination instead, sadly. Mm. Yeah. So we try to yeah. So it, this is still important like, in a for in a service context. Yeah. So so that Proper help can be given. Yeah, that's that. Of course, we have we have changed our phrasing. Mm, I see. I see. True. Because back in the days, we still have like, no, sorry, we used to have terms like um Asperger's. Also, am I correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also, of course, as times change, the DSM also have changed. Now that's yeah. And of course, that is not the perfect document. It is still being is still being revised and then at least uh, the Asperger's syndrome has been taken out so that's that's been that's been one change and then also and then uh, yeah from the Asperger's they've actually changed it into like or oh, uh different ratings of like needing sub like for example needing substantial support needing lesser support and then they just like list the criteria yeah, so these are these are for but that's why this is a document for service providers. It is really really not meant to meant to discriminate or anything. Yeah, so mm. that's why it's a professional document like this. Even in my center, right? So for mm-hmm. for example, where I teach, right, we've got classes that have very small teacher to child ratio. So like maybe one to one or one to two. Or those who really need a lot of support and then or those who were like oh, like we are preparing them to go to mainstream primary one next year then that class maybe would have one to four one to five so the classes are very different and that yeah so this comes to service providing and differentiation which also comes to like uh 
since people are different, we also have to try and adjust our way to get to them. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it's like adjust your way to like approaching them. And yeah, it also, as like what you said, it depends on the person as well, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I see, I see. Interesting, interesting. Thank you for the enlightenment link. <laughs> okay, so next. Mm, we also have questions from our beloved server members as well, from the Meanderians. And we receive quite a lot of questions as well. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so the first question is from Ama. He asks, what difference does it make if you self-diagnose with high-functioning autism? Because I only see them as a way to make yourself seem special other than spreading awareness. And he continued, also, people on social media can like make a safe space from themselves where everyone is accepting and tolerating each other but the outside world would be kind to them. Like, a sh should a total safe space be encouraged or not? It's like, he explained, he meant by where every social interaction is created. Like, people may get annoyed at some of your behaviors and can call you out for it in real life, but you can just block people who are not accepting as much on social media. This is a really big question, I may say. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very... However, it's also, yeah, it's a very big question, but it's also, like, interesting, yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we also know how internet culture can be, like, uh, relationships are ultimately a two-way thing, la, so it's, like, if you want others to be accepting and adjust to you, you're also better to, to also do, do your best la, on your own part, yeah. Mm-mm, true, true. Because since like it's the internet, and of course we wouldn't know at first what the other party's intention might be, and yes, it's like what Kyo said: cancel culture. If it's at the wrong place, it's bad, and of course, if it's for the wrong intention, it's also bad. Yeah, that's why it's very yeah, it's very complicated. Yeah, it's really complicated. Then, yeah, then when it comes to self-diagnosis, it's also quite tricky because I think it's also come to like how much you can understand about the condition and also like how much distress you have been facing in your life. Like you really have to think hard about it. Like, it's not just like with a bit of reading, you can really get it. You have to really ask a lot of questions to other people, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and you really need to know a lot about yourself for being yeah, able you, to be confident yeah. to like self-diagnose. Yeah, and then also, yeah, yeah for safe, safe space, it's also like a bit like you have to still face outside eventually. And then that would become something else of a hive mind already, which isn't good. And that goes into more social psychology things already. True, true. Especially about how when it comes to like disabilities in general, there's a lot of terminology to understand and take time yeah. to like read about kind. Yeah, especially all that. Yeah, because like <laughs> I mean, I also I also need to have my 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 degree and my diploma before before teaching and all that. And even even I I can't I can't even diagnose. I mean, self-diagnosis as you have the knowledge, uh, but it's like, even if parents ask me things, I just only say, maybe, but you still have to go to the hospital and see the doctor. But of course, in some cases, right, it's... Okay, so again, why self-diagnosis is a thing? Because sometimes the hospital isn't very accessible to get a diagnosis. And sometimes, and sometimes, let's say, yeah, so the thing about autism is like, people keep thinking about the children and seeing it in children. So like, as an adult, I'm also like, is there a point to seek for it? It's difficult to seek for it, and I don't have the time either. Yeah, exactly. And it also may cost a lot of money, energy, and effort yeah, as well. So that's, that's a lot of factors. Yes, the, the money especially. Because you yeah. because you really need to get a good psych. And then like, yeah, public, it's difficult, especially for adults. Because like, the like adult mental health services, like, again, has another connotation altogether. 
Yeah, true, true. And I also do agree with you. Like, what's the point of like getting an actual diagnosis if the doctors seem to think that autism stops when you're like an adult? So it also depends on how the doctors are like. And also, like, say, yeah, I'm not in school anymore. Like, I, I, I don't need the, I don't need accommodations, even if I get a diagnosis. Yeah, there's not much of a point. I mean. Yeah, so it's just, I think the self-diagnosis is more like uh, to understand myself better, to hate myself lesser. Yeah. True, true. Because if not, it's like, you're just going to wonder why you're not like other people and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely going to like eat you up inside. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, Kyo, do you have like anything to say regarding this, especially for Ama's question? So the what difference does it make if you that self-diagnosed with high functioning autism because the only way they let someone see that whatever, wait, I'll, I'll just read it out oh, again. What difference does it make if you self-diagnosed with high functioning autism because I only see them as a way to make yourself seem special other than spreading awareness. Okay, so like, the thing is, so like, we have this thing called fake claiming which I won't really go in much into detail too because like that would drag uh, at this thing for a whole lot longer. So let's just say like, big claiming like you're saying that X doesn't have Y, like X doesn't have Y without solid proof. But at the same time like, huh? Wait, hang on, my brain is nagging. So like, my brain nags over jack, over jack. Wait, so you're saying a person is claiming to have, for example, autism, but in reality, they don't? No, no, no. That, that's the opposite of it, but that's wrong too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's you know what I was saying earlier, but I think you get the point. Like, you, you, you're not supposed to say that X doesn't have Y without solid proof, but at the same time, you yourself shouldn't be like posing around like, oh, hey, I have this, I have that. Just for attention, just to excuse your stupid behavior, because like, even if you have, let's say, you have autism, you have ADHD, that shouldn't excuse you from being a shitty person in general. True, true. It, it, it's not supposed to justify your action as well, because that's coming from you, not the developmental d- disability. Yeah. And that's it, yes. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So, Amma, I hope this answers your questions, as in like our elaborations and explanations. Okay. So moving on to the next question, it's by Shade. Okay, so Shade said, I agree with this, meaning that she agrees to what Ama said. Self-diagnosis doesn't really help much for any type of mental disorders. The public won't care so much, especially having all this stigma and stereotypes around. And for Shade, the feeling of being special gave me excuses to avoid doing something I should be doing. I would like to ask, where do I draw the line of taking care of myself first and times where I should finish my responsibilities first? Oh my god, this is such an interesting but very hard to explain. Hmm. So I'll ask myself whether I've done my best already. Yeah. So have I, have I done what I needed to do? And then, and then it's like, I think it just also comes down to planning what you need to do. Then also just you better make sure all your urgent things are done. And then anything maybe you can delay or not. Yeah, it depends on your planning. So you have to leave yourself with enough time to do something. And then you also have to think about the consequences. It's not easy sometimes. And then especially, let's say, if there's many things going on at the same time. But sometimes it's also like, how to say, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, like, okay, like, that's not what I was being said earlier, like, uh, people can use, like, self-diagnosis, what not to excuse themselves for their action, but then the reality is that everyone should be accountable for their actions, whether they are neurotypical or not. So it's really just, you know, think of the consequences and you think about whether it's worth it or not. So for example, maybe... Yeah, so maybe for, for my work, I just think about like, okay, it's really just if I don't do this now, I have to rush tomorrow. For example, is it worth, worth it or not? So I think you still have to do your best. Try. Although like, of course, like even like breaks are still necessary. 
when you need to. Uh, and also, of course, try not to get burned out. It's not easy, but it's like, again, you have to know yourself before managing yourself. True, I agree with what Ling said. Kyo, is there anything else you'd like to elaborate on that? No. So, like, where to draw the line of taking care of oneself and where uh, should you take care of your responsibility for each first? Is like, is taking care of yourself not a responsibility to begin with? Punk. I mean, like, there are things that you really can't leave behind, but at the same time, you really, if it's like something really important to yourself, you can't leave that behind either. So I guess it really depends on the situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like what I said before, think about the consequences. Yeah. So anything bad happen, happen if you, yeah, if you delay something or not, yeah, you really have to think about it. But of course, yeah. I think it's uh, just in general, but of course, if you are feeling really, really tired and really burnt out when I go to go to work, if I start thinking about like, oh, I wish I was on MC, then, then yeah, that's a that's a bit of a dangerous thought. Then yeah, I, I know that I would have, I might have to take it a bit more slower. Yeah, because if you push yourself too much, then yeah, and then also yeah, you have to have to know yourself and what's your need. True, mm-hmm. true. Okay, so moving on to the last question, which is by Ara. She said, In your opinion, what is a good way to educate people who still believe that autism is something like a disgrace and to remove the stigma it has, especially in a country, Vietnam, where children with autism are not taken seriously but instead be deemed as the parents did something bad and karma is giving them an autistic kid? And he continued, and also, another question, what is a good way to turn autism into a part? Is there anything that an autistic child would be better at or can take advantage of? Hmm. Okay, so like, if the thinking is like that, it's still really much of, much more of the, of like, you need more, yeah, you have to go back down to awareness instead of just, instead of like the acceptance we are trying to go to go through now yeah and then I think you have to also yeah really educate the parents on like what autism means the symptoms and like how does it affect the child and also like <laughs> well show the typically yeah to show to show the child milestones also because at many times I also face parents in denial yeah, and then you just have to gently show them the milestones too. And then I think, yeah, as for what the society thinks, it's definitely something really difficult to change. But yeah, then mm, that's more for complicated issues. Uh. But I also believe that there should be people around who also do care and just hopefully there will be people who will advocate and continue to advocate on on this yeah because yeah different countries do progress do do have different views also and yeah so it's like you can't really let's say say like oh this this country their view isn't their their view or their culture isn't too good just because we disagree so mm, i see i see and for me, regarding his second question about what is a good way to turn autism into a part, I feel like, um, generally speaking, I feel that the way we perceive things and the way how we're able to take in information is kind of like a part. I mean, I feel like anyone else is able to do that as well. But when it comes to things such as like uh, hyperfixations or like special interests, like let's say, Mm, the uh, the person with autism is really into certain kinds of things like for example history or maybe anything really maybe they can take advantage of this and make it into something that they'll be able to help themselves and also help others like for example they can be like an expert in certain kind of things like history maybe they're able to be like <laughs> a history teacher or something what do you think about this skill? oh 
So yeah, as King said, if they're like good at a particular field, then try to focus on that field. It mean like, well, if, if you can't do anything else, then why don't you try to do the thing that you're always good at? So yeah. Yeah. I once had to also speak to a parent. Yeah. So like uh in Singapore we have, have this special school we just like everyone consider it as the best because there's the possibility of taking the national exam in a longer time. So like uh I was last talking to this parent after the child received the psychological test results. Didn't need the card to go to that school. So like it was quite disappointing to the parent. But this parent was a very reasonable one. So she so I, I know that she know she just wants her child to be happy. Yeah. So I also just told her that yeah, even if you go to the the other school that has vocational training, your child is still going to have have a future. It's going to be it's going to be alright lah because like he's still going to have a cur- yeah, career and anything. Then I also just say, oh, yeah, your child every day talk about liking to go to KFC with, with his with his grandma and he will always talk about what he, what he eats there, what he sees there. I'm like, maybe he can work there in the future. Yeah, the parent got a lot more cheered up afterwards uh, and also proves that I actually got to know her child a lot. Yeah, true. Like, I bet yeah, he feels like really reassured to know that uh, her child maybe, like, maybe in the future I'll, I will see, see him at one of the KFCs I go to yeah maybe <laughs> hope so like in the future who knows he's he could be like a manager at KFC <laughs> yeah maybe and yeah and also I mean yeah these days there's also a lot of places also employing people with special needs also true true like in Malaysia there's actually a Starbucks franchise or a place where people who have special needs or disabilities are able to work there and i find that pretty nice as it accommodates to the people with disabilities as well it's really endearing <laughs> so um, yeah yeah fo- yeah like following the interest and as far is there anything that autistic child will be better off again everyone's different so it's up to the person yeah depends on like yeah. the person and also their parents but mainly the person because yeah. it's their life and it, it's their way to handle their life <laughs> yeah. yeah because i also cannot give the same i cannot uh, i also cannot give 100 percent the same advice to every single parent that i am going to the it really depends yeah and same goes to like yeah. uh, children teenagers yeah, and also like adults yeah, so it's just, it's really, we have to take the effort to understand, even though if it's, even though it's going to be, even if it's more difficult, but I'm sure in the end, this effort will be reciprocated. Maybe not now, like, I mean, uh, yeah, like, maybe not very obvious, not now, but the future, someday, it will. Yeah, hopefully one day. Okay, so Ling, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, hmm. I think yeah, I think that's about it. I hope my answers were alright, lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were definitely alright. Alright, sorry about that. I definitely learned a thing or two about autism, even if I'm like a person with autism myself. And yes, I hope that the audience and listeners are able to receive this information and take it into your hearts, take it into your minds and apply it to yourself or like to your friends or family members or relatives that also have autism. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, because it really just comes to how people see and perceive. Yeah, perceive other people. Because I think, yeah, I also had my relative, relative help out at one of my year-end concerts celebration that we would hold us to get like i got him to like take those of the children doing the activities then they saw like hey, they look so normal i was like yeah well, they are children they don't they just play play law yeah just really just yeah there should be more trailers of people with autism and special needs you know being happy doing what they like just living their life yeah 
even yeah. if they are different. But it's also, I mean, we are all, all people, we still need acceptance and all that. True, true. And also, this is the last big question, but someone in chat asked us. It's Chingyin. She asked, is autism a family blood thing or is it random? Like, she meant by, does it relate to the family or not? You know, this question, right, even the latest scientific research still trying to figure out things. So, like, I think there's a lot of evidence that can run in the family. But, like, like the, yeah, like, in, I've also seen... But they also, like, for some cases, it doesn't. But also, like, again, I've also taught any students with other disabilities, such as like, those really rare genetic disorders that I cannot remember the names of. <laughs> they are not as common as Down syndrome. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, so those things, like, like, autism, like, maybe some do run in, run in the family. Some just don't. Yeah, and it's, yeah, if you think about, like, the probability of other conditions, it also kind of makes sense because, yeah, the human DNA is still something that the scientists are still trying to figure out. And, yeah, if you think about it, la, like, uh, I think I saw a tweet somewhere that, like, childbirth is, like, the ultimate gacha or lottery because it is really just, you can't tell what you're going to get ever. Yeah, yeah so like you also have, yeah. So it's 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 a mystery. I think people are trying to still figure figure out all this, but it's like you know, if the effort was actually used to used to used to you know help help people with autism instead, it would be better than trying to find what causes anything. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, in the end, we're, this is just like a gacha game. Like, being born into this world is RNG. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, all, it's all RNG. Like, like nobody, no, no, nobody asked ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. And in my opinion, I feel like all of us are like SSRs. All of us, like, five stars. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, all... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean the the yeah that one was. I think that tweet is just really talking about more of the randomness, like which yeah definitely agree lah because you can really anything. Yeah, so it's also like people also have to realize lah before they have a child, they really need to be for anything. That's another whole issue altogether. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. I agree. So, um, Kyo, is there anything else you'd like to add before we end this podcast? Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, any last words? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. So, here it is. All right. So, thank you so much, Ling, for setting aside 30 minutes. Actually, no, it's not even 30 minutes. It's more than an hour to join our second episode of Miancast. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a pleasure to have you here. And me and Kyo, we, and also the listeners, the li- listeners live, the ones in YouTube and the ones on Spotify, I bet we've learned a lot of things from this wonderful session of a podcast we had. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks for inviting me and it was definitely a pleasure to, to share, share my knowledge too. Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to join us again. And also to the audience, thank you so much for tuning in to our second Mankes episode. And I hope to see you again in the future episodes. So to those who are plans to fast tomorrow, have a great saho or freedom meal in English. So selamat berpuasa and assalamualaikum. Bye-bye.